You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger, and I'm joined with my co-host, Roxanne Solonen. We just had a great conversation, Roxanne, with Deacon Mark Creechie from the Diocese of Crookston about bringing family members back to the faith who've, uh, who've wandered away in an important topic uh, to us. He's going to be back on Wednesday with uh, part two of his four-part talk on that. So be sure you're listening back in uh, Wednesday morning and we'll continue that conversation of preparation work that you can do to have some of those necessary conversations. But uh, in our next segment here, we've got a, a good friend here of the network, Peggy Bowman. Good to have you back, Peggy. Thank you. Peggy's in studio with us, uh, wanting to share a little bit about her story. You, you've had some very powerful movement, miraculous moments in yeah. your life. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, Peggy. Well, I guess I'm cradle Catholic, number one. That's important. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man who joined the church at my surprise. I did not know it. A week before our first son was born. We're married 43 years. We have three boys. The eldest one's in seminary at St. Paul Seminary. And middle one is, is married with two of our grandchildren living here in Fargo. And the youngest is still single and works out in Bismarck. And I've always been very involved in the church. So I guess that's my life story there in a nutshell. <laughs> my husband came into the church, not as a surprise. I was actually his RCIA sponsor, but right before, right at the same time that our oldest son was baptized, they came in together. Oh, so, cool. um, yeah, I share that joy with you. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Peggy, some time ago you had an accident. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about this accident? Well, this this accident, it's, you know, I, I sat down the other day, I've been praying about it, and I thought, oh, I'll just put some notes together. But as I sat and wrote, it's really kind of like a story, and I'm sitting there, it's, it's, a, it's really a Jesus story, and I am just really excited to share about it. Um, yes, I had a car accident uh, in January of 2019. But before I go into the story of my accident because this is very much a part of the story, I want to tell the listeners a little bit about a novena that I had been praying at that time. I love novenas. I love the repetity of praying something for nine days. And this novena had come across my path. Um, It's called the Surrender Novena, sometimes known as the Abandonment Novena. Some of you out there maybe are aware of it. Well, anyway, it's, it's, um, it was given to a priest. It was Jesus speaking to an Italian priest many years ago. And Jesus spoke to this priest, and he told him he wanted to give him this novena to share and to spread, and it was to teach us how to turn our lives over to him, all of our troubles over to him, to abandon ourselves over to him. We hear this so often, but what does it really mean? You say, I give it all to you, Lord, but Nothing happens, but what does that mean? Does it work? How does it work? Well, I love the novena. I love the prayers. Most often, novenas have, it's the same prayer every single day. This novena didn't. It was different words of Jesus speaking every day. And at the end of all of the words of Jesus that day, it would be, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. So before I start my story, All of you listeners out there, those of you who even 
are struggling or having a hard time, I'm going to pray. I just gleaned some of the words from this nine-day novena, and I'm going to read them here. And just close your eyes and imagine that Jesus is speaking these to you, especially for those of you who might be struggling. These are some of the words of Jesus in that novena. Why are you worrying about anything? I will take care of everything. Don't be nervous or desire to think about the consequences of anything. I will carry you. You want to judge everything. You want to be in control. Let me take care of it. I perform miracles in proportion to your full surrender to me and to your not thinking about yourselves. I sow treasure troves of graces when you are in your deepest poverty. Close your eyes. Let yourself be carried away on the flowing current of my grace. I will take care of everything, and you will bless my name by humbling yourself. Remember this well. A thousand prayers cannot equal one single act of surrender. Close your eyes and say with your soul, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. So on that day, the day of January 26, 2019, was the last day of my novena. I had just finished praying those prayers. I had just finished the words, Jesus, take care of everything. So I pile in my son John's truck to head south to my grandson's birthday party on a busy Saturday morning on a busy artery in town in South Fargo. And as we're going down the street, all of a sudden, oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I, the first thing I always do is put my seatbelt on, and I did. But then as we're rambling down the street, I'm going, oh my gosh, I forgot to send this particular text. Once I get over to the birthday party, I'll forget. I unbuckled my seatbelt. I took my phone out of my pocket. Now remember, I'm, the, I'm a passenger. I'm not driving, so don't text and drive. I was wondering. <laughs> okay, thank you. That clarification is very important. Okay, so I take my phone out of my pocket, send my text, put my phone back in my pocket, and Jesus was taking care of everything because as I clicked my seatbelt, I looked up and a car turned right in front of us in the intersection. We had a full green light. He turned in across his red light right in front of us. You didn't even have time to think. Boom, we hit. We hit. I've never experienced such a hit in my entire life. It felt like an iron fist had slammed me in my chest. My, heart, my, my chest felt like it exploded. But Jesus was taking care of everything because I had just refastened my seatbelt. I could have and probably would have gone through the windshield. And surprisingly, for whatever reason, our airbags did not deploy. That's why I had the hit that I did. But Jesus, again, was taking care of everything as I looked over, and my son says, Mom, are you okay? I said, No, I'm hurt. He was totally fine, unaffected by anything, and it was his side of the car that was hit, not mine. So he gets out of the car to start taking care of things. I said, Please call an ambulance. 
I knew it was bad. So he gets out of the car, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there as I think back about that moment. I was in this bubble all by myself. It was a very cold bubble of minus 20-some degrees. Um, car windows had been shattered, and I'm sitting there, and my, my husband and another son were behind us in a car, and they came upon us. So there was so much commotion, as you can imagine, in the middle of an intersection of a busy, busy street. Um, but I was all by myself, and it's like time seemed to have transcended. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I can't breathe. And the first thing that came to me, and I know it's grace, I said, oh, Jesus, help me. And then I sat there, and I had this peace come over me. And then, of course, my usual sense of humor kicks in. And I said, actually, out loud, I chuckle now when I think about it, I said, if this is divine, if this is total abandonment, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so my humor went away very quickly as I was having a very difficult time breathing. It wasn't that I had the air knocked out of me, but it was the damage that had been done with my sternum having been broken. But Jesus took care of everything in those moments. He gave me an image of him hanging on the cross. I saw him in his agony, and he couldn't breathe either. And I said, I know that my pain and my suffering is nothing like yours. But I don't know what to do with it. I've often been told, offer it up and unite it with yours. And I'm going, I really don't know how that works, Lord. But I'm going to do it. I'm desperate. I can't breathe. And at that moment, that image was my focus. And it remained to be my focus until... All of the vehicles, police and ambulance and everything arrived. So I sat there looking at that image, and that's all. I could think about it. And I said, I'm going to give all this to you, Lord. Please do something good with it. Well, God, Jesus was taking care of everything. I wasn't panicky. I wasn't frantic. And the amazing thing is that physically, you pers a person after this traumatic experience, you go into shock. I didn't go into shock. I was conscious the whole time. So all of a sudden, I don't know how many minutes went by, but I felt like I was in this very special bubble with the Lord. And all of a sudden, fireman's pounding on my door, trying to open it up and can't. And he wants, he can see that I'm not bloody or anything like that. He wants me to get out of the car. But Jesus was taking care of everything. He gave me to know I shouldn't move. So I told him, no, you, you need to take me out. So they put me on the gurney. Again, Jesus was taking care of everything. He gave me to know they shouldn't lay me down. I couldn't have that pressure on my chest because I didn't know then, but I found out at the hospital that my sternum had broken a very, very large bone in your chest, as you know. And it, I didn't know, but worried about, well, that's why I couldn't breathe. Okay, so we get to, uh, so I, they put me in the ambulance and right away, the EMT says, well, we've got to stabilize you before we can take off and give you some pain meds. I'm going, fine. So he starts checking all this, and he goes, your heart rate and your blood pressure is hardly even raised. Wow. Jesus was taking care of everything. He even asked me if I was taking anything. <laughs> I said, no, just my thyroid medication. So we get pain meds on board. We zip off to the hospital. They do some tests to find out that I had injured the lungs 
but my heart was not damaged and everything was fine. So Jesus was taking care of that too. And during all of this, Peggy, you're conscious. You're I'm very totally aware conscious. of what's going on. And- totally and very relaxed. Obviously, my heart rate and my blood pressure, I'm very relaxed. Thanks be to God, Jesus is taking care of everything, everything. So within a few hours after bedding up there, the word had passed and Jesus took care of everything. Here comes my parish priest. He'd heard about my accident. All they were giving me was pain medications. They weren't intervening or doing anything, but I received the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. More powerful than any medicine. Of course, you don't want to tell the doctors that because I don't know if they'd believe it. (laughs) So the trauma team, which consisted of a cardiologist, an orthopedist, and a thoracic surgeon, they couldn't decide what to do with me. They weren't sure. They didn't know if they should do a major invasive intervention like surgery. So they put me on two days of nothing by mouth because they didn't know if they were going to do surgery. Well, Peggy, I have to have the offensive task of interrupting your story right now. (laughs) That's fine. We'll leave you hanging for the next part. I'll sit back off of the edge of my seat, okay? But we have to take a break here. That's fine. Um, But we'll definitely pick up your story on the other side of the break. But you are listening to Peggy Bowman talking about this very tragic car accident uh, that she was in a few years ago, but definitely some divine intervention that's happening. But you all are listening to Real Presence Radio Live. I'm your host, Father Kyle Metzger with Roxanne Sullen. We're going to take a brief break. And on the other side, Peggy is going to pick up her story. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701 
347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen. I, too, am a devotee of the Surrender Novena. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And we are hearing about that Novena from Peggy Bowman, who had a, a particular experience with it that was very powerful. I just want to mention, if anyone wants a, a, Dovi, a Novena card with the Surrender Novena, I have a beautiful card that that is a threefold card that I give away to people that are going through hard times. You can get it from fullofgraceusa.com. They're, they're also really, they always send like a personalized card. They're, it's just a very special ministry that they do, fullofgraceusa.com, um, to get a Surrender Novena card that is beautiful and that you could tuck into your into your wallet or your purse. But um, now we want to hear the rest of the story from Peggy. She's <laughs> she's going to, hopefully we'll get to the end of it. So you continue on, yes. Okay, so I left you hanging with, the doctors put me on nothing by mouth for two days because they were so undecided on how to treat this, how to intervene if they even should. Well, Jesus took care of everything. Can you imagine? I mean, many of us have tried to fast for a few hours or a day, and it's like we barely can survive. Jesus took care of everything. I wasn't even thirsty. I wasn't even hungry. I didn't even think about those conveniences. It was just amazing. So they decided then that because of my situation, um, I'm in my late 60s. I have osteopenia which is diminished bone density. So that was a major factor in deciding not to do surgery. The cardiologist said as she plated the sternum, she was afraid it wouldn't hold. Not only that, but as the sternum broke, the pieces slid over one another, so they Mm -hmm. weren't even directly aligned. So they decided to just keep me in the hospital for a week, monitor my lungs and my heart to make sure everything was fine, and just let it go. Well, in my mind, they just let it go so Jesus could intervene. So three days later, on January 28th, it was the feast of St. Thomas Aquinas. And a dear friend shows up with nothing less than a first-class relic and places it on my sternum. And all of those who were in the room laid hands on me and prayed for God's intervention through the power and intercession of St. Thomas Aquinas. And then a week later, um, I was uh, discharged to go home and do nothing for six weeks. I mean, as little movement as possible. There's no cast, no bandages, nothing but a couple pieces of bone left with my promising I'd be on good behavior. And anybody that knows me, grass doesn't grow under my feet. (laughs) But I was very thankful to the Lord. I realized how much he had intervened. And so in my prayer, I said, Jesus, I have to be home and do nothing, nothing for six weeks. So I tell you what, in praise and thanksgiving, I'm going to go to work for you. I'm going to give you my day, nine to five. Give me the grace to give it to you. I want to pray for conversion of sinners, for the church, for the world, for reparation of sin. And God gave me that grace every day for six weeks rosaries, morning prayer, liturgy of the hours. I attended Mass daily on EWTN. 
um, my son in seminary turned me on to live stream adoration. So I bounced around the world doing live stream adoration. Um, Peggy, was there much pain at this time? There was a lot of pain. Yeah. And I am not one that takes much. And uh, I was on, I had to set my alarm to um, take medication throughout the night. I really didn't want to be on the medication. But the pain was so incredible, and I know I haven't really even talked about that because it's the Jesus part of all of it that takes it all away. No, the pain was horrendous. It was horrendous, and it never, the meds never, ever took it away. But I just always had that image of Jesus on the cross, and I just offered that pain up, and I, I had to live with it. And I don't, I, I, I'm aware a lot of times with pain meds, your body can get addicted to having them, and I didn't want that to happen, so I forced myself to go off of those prescribed narcotics as quickly as I could and just resorted to like Tylenol and aspirin and things like that. And so that that helped a lot. But no, I was always in pain, always in pain. And I actually even felt like when I would take a deep breath, I could feel the bones moving. And that was a really uncomfortable feeling. But I continued working for the Lord every day. And um, a very dear, dear friend of mine, we go back many, many years brought me Holy Communion every single day. And she would just walk in and say, Jesus' taxi service is here. (laughs) (laughs) And I would receive Holy Communion. And that was such such an absolute blessing. And so as as time went on, I had to go back six weeks later then, um, and they did some tests. And the whole trauma team was audibly shocked and amazed at the amount of bone growth that had taken place in what they said six weeks was a very short period of time. And I'm going, praise you, Jesus. I mean, that's what I had to be There was no other intervention but God's timing and rest and prayer. And the next day, um, the cardiologist was going to a conference for thoracic trauma. And she said, I'm taking your case with me because it's amazing that this has just healed without intervention. And I said, oh, but I must tell you, there was intervention. <laughs> I said, I received the sacrament of the anointing of the sick three days after my accident. I was prayed over my, by my dear friends. And I said, and people have continued to pray for me and have masses said for me. And I said, that is my healing, and I hold to that. And I thought, you know, as I was thinking about all of this, I thought, you know, Going back to when I said, Lord, do something good with this, that was a good thing. These Mm -hmm. doctors were going to take this case to a conference and talk about it. That is God in his goodness being spread. And as I sit here and share with all of you listeners what's gone on in my life and this particular accident and how God worked through all of it, he's doing good too. Because there are some of you out there where this will really touch your heart, if anything. Like I said in the beginning... If someone out there is struggling, doesn't know what to do and how to, how to turn themselves over to the Lord, it is just a matter of the ascent of the will. Mm-hmm. And God takes care of everything. You know, you, one, of the th- one of the things, too, is, is sometimes, many times, the workings of God are invisible. You know, he was working in, in, in you and healing you, um, but, but that wasn't anything that was known or observable to anyone else. But you knew, you mm-hmm. trusted that that was happening. And I think with any of the things we're going through, whether it's our children leaving the faith or, you know, a pandemic or an election that's, you know, crazy or whatever, 
God is taking care of things. He's invisibly working things out. Yes. But he he's is. waiting for us to to go to him and surrender and yeah. and, and give it to him. He, he he's he's willing to do the work, but we we have to want it. Right? Yes, we do. We have to want it. And you know, it's like if someone who's let's say feeling sad right now, you say be happy. You can't just do that. So it's Jesus saying, "Trust in me." Well, how how do you do that? All you can really do is the ascent of the will. I trust in you and pray for the grace that it becomes that heartfelt thing, and it does happen. One thing that struck me, Peggy, throughout your story is there were many moments where, you know, kind of the circumstances, the pain, the, 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 the drama going on around you would have totally kind of confused you or befuddled you, but there was like a clarity of prayer that really kind of was persistent throughout that continually turning back to the Lord, whether the EMTs are swirling about you or the pain of all the, but you continually go back to like this very intimate conversation you're having with the Lord. Yeah, it is pure grace. And I think during all of this, little did I know that that novena I was praying. No, I didn't have any need. I didn't have any struggles in my life at the time. But you know what? It, it's, it was his grace. All of it was his grace. Every bit of it. And my, just the very fact that the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, Jesus, help me. Mm. And and all that. I mean, that doesn't. That's not usually the first thing on your mind after something like this. And I can't claim that of my own. It's grace. It's God. I've heard that's one of the most powerful prayers you can say. And it's there's just a few words there. Three words. Jesus, help me. Yeah. He will respond. Oh my gosh, yes. And as I said earlier, in one of the things, one of the words of Jesus from that prayer, the more you completely surrender, the more powerfully He's able to work. I perform miracles in proportion to your full surrender to me and to your not thinking of yourselves. Wow, we're so focused on ourselves and trying to control things. Mm -hmm. This is a hard thing, but but this novena leads you through it day by day in such an intimate way. And also one of the things we talked about on the break that I wanted to mention is it was written by Father uh, Padre Pio's spiritual director. So not only was he a special priest, but he directed Padre Pio. So you can feel very confident that... This is something that came from a very divine place. Yes. So, yeah. Can you give us once again, Roxanne, kind of the information for that uh, that novena? How people can get uh, get their hands on that? And the easiest way is you can just go online and get it if you just want the words. But I tell you, this little card that was given to me by my friend Patty before my my uh, husband discovered that his heart was in need of fixing, and he had two open heart surgeries. This novena guided us both through that. We would say it every night and hold hands. And he said it, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything as he went under anesthesia at Mayo for his second open heart surgery. So you can get it, um, these cards, and, and, and they're just beautiful, uh, fullofgraceusa.com. And the, the person there, Lisa, is she'll send you a little note with it. And uh, it's, it's just a beautiful thing, the tangible prayer that you can tuck mm-hmm. away and share with others. So... So the servant, Surrender Novena, or you said Peggy? It's also known by uh, ab- Abandon no- Novena. In fact, that's how I found it. I Someone just told me about it, and I just Googled Surrender Novena, and it just, boom, pops up, and mm-hmm. you can get it many places. Well, Peggy, we are benefited from your story. So I thank you. I know sometimes it's kind of scary sharing a personal story on the radio nonetheless, but um, 
we're all edified by your story and really edified by what the Lord did. That's the main thing. Through you. So Peggy, thank you for your story. Peggy Bowman, um, talking about this wonderful experience of God's grace in her life. We are going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to We're going to have a segment about honoring the priests in our lives, remembering the priests in our lives. And we're going to share uh, share some of those stories. And we're going to invite uh, listeners to call in and share some moving stories about the priests in their life. So this is uh, Father Kyle Metzger joined with Roxanne Sullen and Friul Presence Live. We will be right back after the break. 